Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. This episode of the A-Game Podcast is brought to you in part by Naked Warrior Recovery CBD. If you want to get discounted CBD from a quality product made from a Navy SEAL, William Bradham, go to nicknicknick.com slash links. Under that, you will see affiliates. Under affiliates, click on Get My Discounted CBD Today, and you can go on the Naked Warrior Recovery site and pick whatever you want from gummies to droplets to greens. Now they have melatonin in there. They have recovery stuff. They have clothing. They have all kinds of amazing things. It's a quality product, especially if you're training MMA, jiu-jitsu, any type of contact sport, lifting weights, you're having joint pains, inflammation, trouble sleeping, any type of uh, appetite suppressant. CBD is the way to go. It's literally become a miracle drug for me. It's helped with a ton of things that I don't think I would be able to do what I do if I didn't consistently take CBD for 30, 60 days and you do not want to take that gas station crap. You want to get some pure stuff when you're checking out put in promo code a game to get 20 percent off your order and support a great cause a great guy and a great product also if you are interested in getting involved in real estate check out nicknicknick.com nicknicknick.com jump on there look around see what we do if you're looking to invest whether you want to get into real estate and you're just starting out whether you want to scale up to commercial whether you want to find out ways to partner if you want to buy properties from me, if you want to sell properties to me, if you want to partner with me, whatever it is, um, let's figure out a way to get it done. Also on nicknicknick.com, we have officially released our free ebook about addressing how the real estate market has changed since the coronavirus and COVID-19. It is a free ebook. If you go through that site, if it's on Amazon, you have to pay a couple dollars for it. Either way, check it out, get a quick overview on there. It's just a book I put together. So get involved in real estate get involved in MMA, get involved in jujitsu, get involved in CBD. And uh, please check out the website and leave a review if you can. Uh, check out the ebook and check out this episode. We have a pretty good episode coming up with uh, Michael John from the Ogogi Project. I think you guys will like this. He's doing some big things out there. Um, he's really making a big difference. He's a good guy. He's got a great program. They're looking for some uh, investors to really do some big things out there. And he's, he's really giving back and he really believes in this. And if you guys follow him on Instagram and you look at the show notes, um, you'll see that he's got those kids working hard. They're doing jujitsu. They're doing boxing. Uh, their families are there. I see some of the parents cheering them on and stuff. So it's uh, it's really cool to see. And I think they're going to do big things. And he's got a big heart. And, uh, you know, I'm a big believer in uh, the discipline that things like boxing and jujitsu and martial arts and mixed martial arts can give to kids. And uh, he's he's just doing a lot. And he's mixing it all the right way with the academics and offering tutoring. And just check it out. He's doing amazing things over there. I think you guys will really be blown away with... Uh, the amount of stuff he's doing and the way he just really puts his uh, puts himself out there and really gives back to the kids and just trying to make the difference and make the world a better place. So the world needs more people like this gentleman. Hope you guys enjoy it. Michael John, the Gogi Project. Take it away.
All right, my guest today on the A-Game podcast is Michael John. He is the founder of the Agogi Project in Baltimore, helping kids not only learn um, martial arts, boxing, jiu-jitsu, but also life skills, diet, nutrition, giving them resources for education, tutors, mentor, mentoring, learning things like uh, gardening, and just good life skills all around. And uh, he's a, a friend of a friend, and I wanted to really jump on and talk about some of the things he's doing, which is really giving back and helping people in his community and really giving a uh, the old discipline of martial arts back to kids in a city that probably there's a lot of people that are lost that need that. So being that I've come through, obviously, a, a long line of jujitsu, uh, martial arts and boxing, and you have as well, um, I'm sure you've seen over the years the amount of difference it's made on a positive way for people for getting them on the straight and narrow, teaching them discipline, getting them off of a bad path and really showing them the right way and surrounding with a good positive group. So um, I'll let you do a quick intro on yourself and then we'll jump into some specifics on your project and some of the awesome stuff you're doing out there. I appreciate you jumping on today. Oh man, thank you for having me. I greatly appreciate it. This is a first podcast for me. So nice. I've, never done, I've never done anything like this. Um, so yeah, a little bit about me. Um, I grew up in Maryland uh, since I was, I was born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, but I moved out here with my parents when I was three years old. Uh, I grew up about 20 minutes outside of the city uh, in Aberdeen, which there's a huge military base uh, out there. Um, and so I grew up in a super diverse culture. Um, great, you know, mom and dad at home, grew up in sports, played soccer my whole life, played baseball my whole life, um, you know, dealt with some death when I was in an early teen phase, I guess, and uh, kind of straight off the path of organized sports. And um, I got away from that type of stuff and started hanging around some people I probably shouldn't have been hanging around with doing some things I probably shouldn't have been doing. And, uh, you know, I ended up getting into a lot of physical altercations in high school. And that kind of led me to just some local backyard boxing. Um, and then that kind of put me in touch with some local military guys that were running a little youth boxing organization um, on the proving ground. And that was all like pre 9-11 because after 9-11 happened, the base got shut down and everything kind of changed. Um, and then from there, you know, I just started learning where I could. UFC was starting to take off pretty big. So um, got into that. I've always been big and a big fan of boxing. And from the workout standpoint, it always kept my interest. Um, and so you know, it was something that I, I always did. I learned so much from doing it. It's always driven everything in my life. And, uh, you know, I ended up getting my head on straight, uh, made it to college, uh, started at community college. And then I went to uh, University of Maryland College Park, uh, graduated out of there with an economics degree, really had no clue what I was going to do uh, and looked for seven, eight months for a job when I finally found one recruiting for uh, a local technical school. Um, and that's when I started working with kids. And I was like, I like working with kids way more than I like dealing with adults, <laughs> you know? And so uh, I, I started looking into ways that I could get in the classroom. And I, I finally uh, found the residency track. And I went through uh, Urban Teachers Residency Program, um, which is a big residency program in uh, Baltimore, DC and Texas and Dallas. Um, amazing program. And I've been teaching in Baltimore City Public Schools for the last seven years. Uh, I'm a certified elementary educator and special educator. And for the last four years, I've taught um, special education six through eight self-contained. And uh, so about three years ago, four years ago, we started uh, just 
I just started working with a couple of kids in my classroom that had problems, uh, you know, self-regulating. They definitely had some discipline issues. Um, they really had, you know, a lot of times uh, the students that really find our program or find us interesting, you know, they don't have uh, the discipline at home sometimes. Or they don't have something to model for them what it is. And uh, so I started working with a lot of kids just one off, just trying to help them out. and. Um, it ended up becoming something I became really passionate about really quickly. Um, and we did the paperwork, submitted for our 501c3 three years ago. And uh, I, at first we were like, well, we're just, we were doing it in parks and stuff, you know, just kind of gathering kids in the park. And uh, I figured I'd be able to find a home base pretty quickly, but that never really came uh, to fruition. So I took a sledgehammer to my basement and, uh, turned my basement into a boxing gym and we've been here for the last three years. That's awesome, man. I, I yeah. love hearing that stuff. You know, it's interesting because of all the disciplines, I, I started boxing first, but I, I've always said that boxing, what I liked about that skill set is you learn how to remain calm in stressful situations. So I, I didn't appreciate it at first until I started realizing like when I would first get hit, get your bell rung and like just, you know, yeah. you, you panic and you freak out and you want to just start swinging and you get really tired and then you learn like you get hit and you go all right that that sucked but like stay calm don't yeah. get hit again get your bearings about you and then when stuff started happening outside in real life that would normally trigger that adrenaline and everybody would panic i go yeah. and like take a breath and stay calm and i feel like that's a huge thing that's missing with a lot of uh, law enforcement now where all these problems that you're having there's too many people out there that i don't think have ever been actually in a physical altercation they're trained for that stuff but when it comes to it they don't know how to relax they don't know how to react they don't really know how to diffuse the situation and there's a lot of insecurity and fear there and i think yeah. if you can grow up in an area like that and teach kids the things you're teaching them that they learn how to be more self-confident it actually will you know it sounds backwards to people who don't understand it but teaching kids to fight will actually make them probably less violent what is your what is your thoughts on that Oh yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. So the um, the friend of yours uh, actually knows my brother, who's a, a police officer up in Long Island. Oh, cool. Um, and he works for uh, a federal agency, and so he hasn't he's been up there for a few years. And um, you know, me and him talk about this all the time. He works he works diligently to stay in shape. To he trains jujitsu. Um, you know, he's been a wrestler since high school. He works out. He, he maintains his his fitness he understands the importance of it you know he was a marine too and i we talk about this all the time you know the fact that like law enforcement officers have one of the hardest jobs on the planet and just the resources that are available to them to be prepared for that is just not doesn't exist you know they train once or twice a year and that's it it's just yeah. that's not like you mentioned i agree with you 100 you need time uh behind the trigger, you need time under fire, you need to know what it's like to get uh, hit in the face. But it also, you know, getting hit in the face right out of the gate is different than getting hit in the face when you're gassed, when you have nothing left in the tank, <laughs> and you're looking for every way out that you can possibly find and there isn't one. You know, and I, I think that like, I, I couldn't agree with you more. The, the value that comes in just that alone I mean, we have kids that come in the door and six months after they've been with us, I mean, when they came in the door, you know, they would get touched a little bit and they would quit. 
or they would get pushed a little bit and they quit and they cry and they, you know, the, the first thing that they want is to, to disengage. They don't want anything, they don't want any parts of it. And then the more that they learn that they're in control of that situation, that it's all mental, that getting hit isn't as bad when you don't make it as bad and you've been there before and you know you can withstand it and you just stay in the fight. You know, and before you know it, these same kids that had very little self-confidence that didn't want any type of of problems like that, you know, and when when things got heated, they would always withdraw a couple months here. And you start to see that mental shift happen where they're like, oh, you don't have to be born this way. You don't have to have these certain type of physical attributes. I'm a big kid or I'm a small kid like I can do this. I just have to apply myself and put the work in over time and be consistent. I think that that's really the key is everybody thinks that you have to go like hard and heavy on everything. And it really is the, the key to all of it is really just showing up in consistency and just getting a little bit better every day. I thousand percent agree with that. And it, it's an interesting psychological thing too, because with, with boxing, it, it's, it's a little harder to gauge than it is with jujitsu on a jujitsu, you know, it still has that, that aspect of it, but you're not, if a guy's big and strong, you kind of know before you start grappling with them, okay, this, this is a big, strong guy. I got to get prepared yeah. for it. But the I, I remember walking in uh, one of my amateur boxing matches. They make everybody just come into a room, and then they kind of look around and like, all right, you're about his side. All right, you two will fight. You got yeah. okay, you two will fight. And it's just kind of who shows up. You don't really know who's going to yeah. be there. And I remember looking up and sizing up the room, and there was this little, little like, scrawny white kid. I think he even had braces, all pale, freckled face. And I was like, yeah, I want to fight that kid. And my boxing trainer was like, no, nope. you don't. He was like, he's Bad the main event. He's literally sponsored by Golden Boy, and he's here to do an exhibition with another guy, Leon Green, that Shane Mosley's sparring partner. He's like, that kid would whoop everybody in this gym's ass. And it was like, man. And then, like, you look at the scariest guy. This is the worst boxer in there. So it just it, it yeah. makes you start to reassess the situation. Again, like you said, you have to really just trust in yourself and what you do and what you know. And yeah. uh, I think that's awesome. You know, touching on that, too. Are you seeing them come back to you with stories of, like, hey, this kid – picked on me or, or I saw this other kid getting picked on and I jumped in and I stopped it. Like what kind of stuff is coming back to you that they're going back out and using that in real life, uh, real life situations? Yeah. I, I think that almost, you mentioned this earlier, it's actually not as often as, as you would think, especially in the environment some of our kids go to school in, but it's almost like you said, like once they, I, it's almost the opposite, right? Where I'll get a kid that is constantly in a physical altercation at school and then after being around us and being immersed in our program for a while, that stops because they start to understand the difference between like the, the, the mouth and the ego and the things that people are trying to bait you into and how irrelevant it is. They start to understand that like, you know, most people that are squawking, they don't really want that altercation. They want the show. They're peacocking. They're trying to get the attention. They really don't want it. And when when you when you're constantly, I mean, like when you're constantly sparring and you're constantly doing this, you understand what it's like to cross that line. And I think that's what they learn. And they start to realize, like I always tell them, invite them to the gym, <laughs> right? Invite them to the gym and make a friend of them after you spar them. Because most, almost every time that's how it happens, right? You get a kid that shows up or an adult that shows up and they have this 
this uh, preconceived notion of the way things are going to go. Yeah. And then it goes the complete opposite way that they thought it was going to go. And then, then they're, you know, they want to be your friend and they're humbled. And, you know, you see it all the time. I see it with kids. You see it in the jujitsu gym with adults. Um, it's way more common. I find in jujitsu in my short time in jujitsu, because you're not getting punched in the face. The worst thing, you know, a lot of guys see that as not as big of a, a problem, I guess. Yeah, there's there's definitely a higher turnover rate in striking. You know, I, I've seen there's a lot of strikers that I know that go into jujitsu. A lot of jujitsu guys that I know, and it's cha it's changed a lot now that people are able to make a living off of it. But I'd say like the first, you know, five or six years I did jujitsu, a lot of guys that were really good jujitsu guys. The second we were like, well, let's glove up and do some sparring or put some hands on for some ground and pound. All of a sudden, a lot of that stuff didn't work, and they were like, oh, I don't like getting hit in the face. It's what everybody yeah. tells me when they're like, oh, dude, you box? I could never box. I don't like getting hit in the face. I'm like, nobody really does. Nobody. Like you, you learn how to, you know, that's what makes you get better at not getting hit is, is that yeah. sucked, and that negative reinforcement, I think, is one of the quickest ways. Like I'm, I'm always saying, as harsh and primitive as it sounds, that's the quickest way that I learned to not do something. Like I remember my first, uh, second, second sparring session I ever had, very quick kid. They call him uh, Stone Hands or something like that. You know, so one of those. But he was a Colombian kid that was really quick, but he didn't hit that hard. And yeah. I remember like kind of putting my hands down. And I was like, I ah, didn't really hit that hard. I'll be all right. And my trainer was in my corner just screaming, put your hands up, put your hands up, put your hands yeah. up. And I was not listening. And the next thing I know, I looked up. Everybody was on top. And they're like, you okay? Yeah. What happened? Like, he, he hit you with the one, two. It's the speed. That's why we told you to keep your hands up. Like, but yeah. I didn't even feel it. He doesn't even hit that hard. He doesn't need to. And like. Yeah. Ever since that day, I was like, all right, like, you know, hands up. And I'm yeah. like, man, if I could tell like in real estate, like, oh, you put the wrong offer in, like, you know, you're not going to yeah. do that again. But sometimes people don't have that negative reinforcement. So I do like the discipline there, but I like how you're transitioning it too into other life skills. Like, like as silly as it sounds gardening, I just redid my, my yeah. parents yard with my brother. And I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but this is a really good skill. I learned it too late in life, but even basic things like lawn care and, just, you know, regular things that give them a sense of purpose and a sense of value. Talk about some of the things you're having them do outside of the gym yeah. and ring the mat. Yeah. So I think one of the coolest things about, you know, working with kids is most of the time, like, you know, you, as an adult, you try to put on this front, like you got it all figured out, but you really don't, you know, a lot of times you're, you're learning it right before you're trying to teach it to them, you know? And I think, one of the really cool things that we've done here is create an environment where we try to keep as much ego out of it as possible, you know? And so like we talk about nutrition, we teach them about uh, healthy substitutes, you know, especially in a city like Baltimore, there's so many like deep rooted, just really unhealthy habits that have been like sewn into, I mean, just like most urban environments, you know, there's fried chicken spots on the corner, um, there's Chinese food spots on every corner that aren't made with the best ingredients. Also, good quality foods aren't the most accessible in a lot of these neighborhoods. Um, you know, so trying to work with families and students on how to make good choices and understanding that the whys are the big thing, right? Like, why do we why do we want to eat this and not that? What does this do for you? And so ultimately trying to equip them with skills that once they graduate from high school, whatever path they go out on, they will understand their, their basic, why should I do this? Why is discipline important? Why is perseverance important? How can I learn and acquire new skills? 
um, is one of our big pushes, right? So like we started gardening over COVID and developed the whole unit because we were all like, hey, I'd like to learn how to grow my own food. I've never gardened before. My grandmother used to garden. We should garden. <laughs> and so it's not even, it's not even just a, a unit teaching them how to garden. It's teaching them how we learn things, right? Like if we don't know something, we live in a day and age where you don't have to, you don't have to go to the town, you know, four hours away that has the two people that know the secrets to this thing. You get on YouTube and you can find 15 people that can give you perspective. And I think mentors are important. You know, I'm not saying that to say a mentor isn't important, but knowledge is so much more accessible than it used to be for sure. these kids. And so trying to teach them, not necessarily teach them everything, but more importantly, teach them how to learn on their own, how to acquire their own knowledge. Like if you decide that you want to be able to go do something, I want to make sure that through our program that we've equipped you with skills, that it doesn't matter what it is, that you can go understand that you're capable of learning anything if you're willing to put the work in, you're able, you're willing to be disciplined, you're coachable, and you know, you're open to learn and work. There's really nothing. I mean, obviously there's certain limits out there for people, but like for the most part, uh, you can get anything you want if you're willing to put the work in and apply yourself and be coachable. Ever wanted to play the drums? Or do you want to get your kids some drum lessons to burn some of that energy while they are all locked up? Take advantage of a free drum lesson with one of the tri-state area's most respected drummers, Dan LaMagna. Dan LaMagna has played in such bands as Crown of Thorns, Suicide City, Biohazard, The Real McKenzie's, Sworn Enemy, The Walls of Jericho. He has played all over the world and he has also endorsed by such companies as DW, Vader, and Sabian. Dan has taught tons of people from all different age groups and all different music styles. He can teach adults, kids, advanced, beginner, any types of styles from metal, all different types of percussion, whatever style you want. Get a free drum lesson today from Dan. All you need to do is text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to 833-632-0585. Again, text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to the number 833-632-0585 for your free online drum lesson. I think that that is one of the most valuable lessons you can teach a kid growing up. I think it's, it's amazing that you're doing that. And really people I think tend to overcomplicate it. And I think you just literally nailed it on the head. Like, you know, be, be humble, don't have an ego, be teachable, be open, be consistent and, you know, put the work in. And if you do that, great things will happen. And I think even just in, in sports in general, I think are good for that. When you start to, you, you show up at boxing or jujitsu or wrestling and you suck and everybody's tagging you, everybody's tapping you, everybody's taking you down. And then four to six weeks later, you don't feel like you've done much different. All of a sudden now you're stuffing a takedown, you're, you're slipping, you're landing some shots, you're getting some submissions. And that starts to really get momentum quick. Like I remember the second I started not winning, but getting beat less. And it was like, oh, and then you start to yeah. second guess, like, you know, you're getting a hit or you're slowing down or you're getting gassed. And you start to regret, like, maybe I shouldn't have gone to Burger King last night. Maybe I should have gotten up early and ran. And every time you get hit or tapped or tired, those things start to stay in your head a lot more than they did prior to training any sports because there was, there was really no consequences. And now you're literally starting to feel all the laziness or all the bad decisions or all the bad food. And it, it triggers your brain, I feel like, in a different way that when you're going to eat it now, I'm thinking of the guy hit me in the gut and then I can't breathe for 45, you know? So yeah. 
I, again, I think the reinforcement there is, is such a great thing. So what do you, what's, what's your schedule like there? I saw a little bit about what you have and then what you, you're going to do for the new facility, yeah. which I want to hear a little bit about too. But it looked like you had about three days of actual uh, martial arts and then they have some, some personal mentoring and then some school tutoring and all that stuff, which again, I, I think is really important because- yeah. You know, there's not a lot of money in, in fighting right now unless you're, you know, Conor McGregor or John Jones. So, you know, making them have a good balance of the educational side of it as well as the physical side of it, I think yeah. is a really great thing to do. Yeah. Um, no, I, I appreciate that. I think that so right now we are um, Tuesdays and Thursdays. The kids are, are in with us from four to between seven and eight. The kids program stop at seven, but we bring an adult program in from seven to eight. Um, uh, it's just a way we've really struggled with, uh, with generating funding and support, which we, I'm sure we'll get to, I'd love to get to. Um, so we've, we've brought on an adult program that actually is paying some dues and trying to get some money coming in so we can keep the kids program free. But, uh, so we're open from four to eight Tuesdays and Thursdays and from eight 30 to 11 30 on Saturdays. Um, and this past year we started our jujitsu program, um, and I'm I'm still a baby in jujitsu. I'm still a white belt. I train at uh at Ground Control um under John Rallo, uh you know who, who's under Henzo Gracie. Nice, and, uh, good lineage. Yeah, yeah, and he um he runs the Shogun fights out here in Baltimore, the uh the premier um pro MMA scene out here. Um, and so it's a great place to train. Uh, great people there, and uh and it's cool, right? Because I get you know, I, I've been training striking for so long that I, uh, I get to go in there and get mauled. And so yeah. it's, a different, you know, it's, it's, it's different, you know, and you're used to having and understanding the environment that you've been in for a long time. And then you cross over into grappling. It's a completely different thing. And, uh, I've been doing it for about two years and I finally feel like I'm starting to get the, the hang of it. And I, right away, I caught the bug. So I was like, we yeah. got it. At first we were just boxing. And uh, and I did some stand up, too. So I, I, I always incorporated kickboxing and throws and things like that. But I was like, yeah, we got to get a jujitsu program in here. And so, yeah, we've been working um, with some volunteers throughout the BJJ community down here to start getting a pretty solid um, list of volunteers, coaches. And uh, so we piloted the program while we're still here at the gym. Hopefully in February will be our grand opening in the new facility. And so right now the kids train three days a week. And then um, there's mentors throughout here that are people from all walks of life, uh, mechanics, um, police officers, firefighters. Uh, we have one of the fire chiefs from Baltimore City Fire Department that supports our program and trains here. Um, and so they're all here mentoring the kids. And then we offer the one-on-one -on -one tutoring. Uh, as needed for kids. So they have access to tutors if they're struggling or they need extra help. And the reason why we've been running it this way is just because all of us still work full-time jobs. Um, and we're still going to be working full-time jobs when we transition into this new space. But when we do, we're going to open up uh, four days a week from three to nine. So they'll get more time. Uh, they can come right after school. And there will be uh, tutors on site. So they'll be have some time to work on their homework and get some some extra support. And then there'll just be a block schedule where jujitsu will be at this time. Boxing class will be at this time. We have a strength and conditioning coach 
um, that works with some of our football athletes or some of our other athletes to just kind of come hang out with us during off season. Uh, and so that's really the, the physical training part. And then one of the, the coolest parts is upon moving to the new space, we're off, we're opening the Gogi project learning initiative. And it's, uh, it's a, we, so our gym will be upstairs. It's a, it's like almost 2000 square foot space upstairs. And we took a storefront and in that storefront is where we are going to have, um, just a kind of open workshop space. So we will be running um, a uh, web design uh, workshops every month for kids. So we partnered up with a couple of guys who are going to come in and teach kids entry-level web design. Um, we've got a, a coding program that's going to be coming in. So any kids in our high school that are looking at maybe uh, being interested in coding, working with them so that as soon as they graduate high school, they could possibly have those certifications and start working towards money right away. Um, and, uh, you know, we're working with a couple of real estate agents down here who, who are interested in coming and teaching like intro to real estate. Just the way our ultimate premise was, I, I think back to when I was in high school and I had all of these interests and all these things that I thought I wanted to do. And then when I got out and went to college and started exploring and I'm like, this sucks. I don't know why anybody would want to do that. Or, or I, you know, I decided that I wasn't best suited for that. Like I liked it, but you know, it wasn't for me. And so I just feel like if we can give young people those opportunities years in advance, get opportunities to go out on internships and work for a summer, um, as a apprentice to a, uh, a film producer or, you know, go, Go work under a real estate agent for a couple of weeks and see what they do and see if that's something that you really want to do and get to dibble and dabble in these things and then have relationships with community partners that if somebody really takes an interest to it, we can kind of fast track them and get them started a little bit early. I think that's awesome. It, it yeah. almost looks like you're modeling what they do in Europe when they give them almost trades instead of just yeah. a bunch of classes on stuff they don't care about, which, you know, I, I think there's so much time lost, you, you know, even... Even me, it took me forever and I, I fell into real estate, but the guys that can learn earlier, maybe not necessarily what they want to do, but learning what they definitely don't want to do or what is not a good fit, I think definitely helps them find more of that focus of where they want to go. And I think that's a huge thing. Um, talking about your gym. So for, for adults, it's intimidating to go into a boxing gym or to go into a jujitsu gym or, or wrestling gym. Um, I can't imagine what it's like for kids, but I know that everybody I talk to wants to do that. It's just yeah. getting there that first day is the hardest thing. Even the nice gyms, even the clean gyms, it's intimidating going into them. You know, even me, I go on the road sometimes, like I'm walking in as a black belt and I'm like, I feel just as nervous as, you yeah. know, walking into my, you know, it's just a new place. So what are some things for people that are hearing this that are thinking like, oh man, he's in my neighborhood. I'd love to get into that. Make them yeah. feel welcome, make them feel comfortable. What are some things that you can tell them to make them feel good about coming and checking out your, your place? Yeah, I, I you know, I think that one of the coolest parts about our place is what I always tell people when they ask questions like that is just come out and hang out. You don't got to train, right? Just come hang out because culture is everything in a gym, I believe, right? Culture, when you, it, there's some people learn so differently, right? You learn differently than me. I learn differently than that person. Since we all learn different, the, the one common thing that will allow us all to be able to learn is if we feel safe and comfortable there. Right. Like 
that is one of the most important things that you have to have if you want somebody to learn anything, right? And so one of the, we work really hard here and it's kind of, I think it's kind of been a little bit of an organic development, but our culture here is amazing. There's really, we all train the adult, like the kids see us sweat. The kids see us in the corner about to puke. The kids <laughs> see, the kids see me get mauled by a higher level belts when they, after they get done teaching the kids class and they're like, Hey, we want to see coach roll. They see coach, <laughs> get, they see coach get beat up, you know? So it's uh, and we all laugh and we all want, you know, and afterwards everybody looks out for each other and people are like, Hey, I noticed you were doing this. You could do this instead, you know? And then you start exchanging knowledge and information. And before you know it, people that, that don't even train jujitsu or, or never were interested in boxing, all of a sudden you see them up in the corner, kind of like putting their hands up and looking in the mirror. And it's like, when I first met them, they were like, oh, no, no, I'm, my kid can do that. I don't want nothing to do with that. And then a couple weeks in, they start realizing like everybody here is learning. Everybody here is growing. Everybody here is coming in after a long day of school or work. And we're all just pushing hard to be a little bit better tomorrow than we were today. And everybody's equal. Nobody is, you know, we have, again, we have the, the one of the highest, I think he's like the third up in the fire department, uh, in the Baltimore City Fire Department. And he's in here grinding like he's a nobody. You know, it's just it doesn't matter who you are. Everybody's in here working. Everybody in here looks after each other. We've got we've got our youngest kid in here is like six years old. And our and our oldest adult in here is like 56. Nice. You know, I think it's just culture, man. And and when you're in a place that that is uh, their primary focus is the betterment of you. It's not let's get a world champion. It's not, let's, how many medals can we throw up on the wall? Those all, now don't get it wrong. Those, all of those things would be welcomed and appreciated. We've got a couple amateur boxers that we're hoping are going to make some noise in the next couple of years, but that's, that's not the ultimate premise. The ultimate premise is that everybody here grows, right? Everybody here works together to push that, that, uh, that line just a little bit further. Awesome, man. I, I think that you got a great head on your shoulders, man. That that's, one of the best answers I've heard for getting people to come in there and hang out. Cause I agree. It's, it's all about making them stick. And like you said, sometimes yeah. somebody comes in, they get intimidated. They have an ego, ego, they get hit, they leave, they never come back. Yeah. It's bad for business. And there's too many good things that come from that. Um, yeah. So now I know you guys are working on transitioning into the new building. Talk to me a little bit about what you guys need as far as funding, what that's going to go for it and, and what you're looking right now as far as fundraising. Okay. Yeah. So COVID is really, really, really messed us up. Um, it's really shut things down. Uh, foundations that were donating or were interested in donating money towards programs like ours, they pivoted and they went towards things like feeding kids that were not going to school that got free and reduced lunches and things like that. So, you know, uh, adjustments had to be made. And it's we we were hoping that this lease would have been signed in September. And we actually just finalized uh, everything. And we've uh, us and the landlord came to a, a agreement and, um, he's out this week. So next week on Tuesday, we'll be signing the lease. That's awesome. Um, and permits are getting submitted, uh, today or were submitted today, hopefully. So where we're at with that, the, the landlord has been amazing. So he owns this facility and, um, I actually, if you, I, am I able to share my screen? I have a picture of it. Yeah. You should be able to, let me see if I can. Yeah. You should be able to do that. 
testing here. There we go. So pull it up. All right. Can you see? Yeah. All right. So this is this will be where we're at. We are we're the storefront um, underneath where it says Bel Air Place, and we're these nine windows, these six nice. red windows, and uh, and uh, these three black windows. And then this will be our, our doors over here that kind of goes up into the gym. But um, so the landlord, it's it's definitely not uh, ready. It's it's been pretty beat up for a long time, and so um. The landlord is going to put, I, I think he estimates that it's going to cost him between 75 and 100K to get it up to code. And he's he's doing that all out of his own pocket. Um, and he's met us exactly where we wanted to be. We wanted a little kitchen in there, some locker rooms for the kids. Um, there's a little service elevator that he's putting in the back. So any kids with disabilities will still be able to come train. Um, so he's doing a, an awesome job. And he's also giving us the first year free all we have to do is pay the taxes and then all our other bills and the second year is 50 percent reduced and then the third fourth and fifth year is all um our regular rent awesome and uh and so it's it's a huge blessing uh that that he's willing to do that for us and he's really committed to having us this area that we're going into bella edison is an amazing neighborhood but it's it's also a neighborhood in baltimore that is riddled with uh, you know, drug issues and violence. Um, and we are on the corner of a very uh, hot four, they call it the four by four. And it's pretty much a, a, a four block radius um, where a lot of, the, you know, the craziness is happening. And so it is a place that we absolutely need to be for what we're, what we're trying to do. Um, it's convenient. It's right on the MTA bus line for the kids. So after school, they can catch the MTA and uh, come right to the gym. Uh, and <clears throat> where we're at fundraising wise is we we have an operating budget, even with no rent the first year um, of about forty five to fifty thousand dollars. And that would that includes outfitting the gym. Um, and so. We are come back. Where's my zoom at? There we go. Um. We are current, so we launched a GoFundMe back in June. And mind you, we're all like super rookies to this stuff, right? Like I never thought I would be running a nonprofit. I just thought I was gonna be teaching some kids some boxing in the basement and it's grown into so much more than that. And I'm, I'm excited about it, but we're struggling a lot because most of us are just trying to figure this thing out as we go. Um, and so we, we started a GoFundMe uh, in June. And we raised about $4,000, which is the most we had ever raised up to this point. Um, we have an agreement from Bel Air Edison Neighborhood Incorporated that once we sign the lease, that they're going to give us a $5,000 grant towards opening. And so we're sitting at about $9,000 and we are uh, waiting. Some of the other foundations and even like uh, Senator McRae down here in the city is, has partnered up with us. And they're at this point, they're all like, we're going to help you once you sign that lease and we see that everybody's committed and on board before we start going to ask people for money on your behalf. So I've been very grateful for what Senator McRae has helped us in terms of networking. And we're really excited to see how he's able to hop on board once this lease gets signed. But the leases, we're, we're pretty much 
signing this lease all on just faith that we're doing the right thing and we're working as hard as we possibly can to make this thing work. And we're hoping that we can make it work. Well, I feel like you're doing exactly what you're telling your kids to do. Yeah. You know, you're putting in the work, you're, you're staying consistent, yeah. you're taking a leap of faith and you're going after it. So I think it's cool for them to watch that whole transition too. And like you said, you're getting on the mats, you're, you're testing yourself, you're, you're practicing what you preach. And I think that goes a long way as a mentor that they can yeah. see that you're, you're walking the walk, which is a huge thing. If somebody wants to learn about how to donate, how to yeah. find you, how to connect with you, how to learn more about it, what are some ways that they can find you, um, find out about, you know, donating funds to your project? Yeah. So, um, please follow us. We're super active on social media. Um, on Instagram, we're at Agogi Project Be More. Um, on Facebook, we're The Agogi Project. Um, you can check our website out at www.theagogiproject.org. You can donate. We have our PayPal link set up right on there. We have a newsletter on there that we update um, as things are moving forward. Uh, once we sign the lease, will probably be our next big update. So we keep everybody updated on um, on our social media platforms and on our website. We are hopefully next week. We'll be launching a sponsorship program, and what we're looking for is 30 sponsors that are willing to donate $60 a month. Um, and $60 a month, if we get our 30 sponsors, would keep the gym open for the first two years. All the bare bones bare minimum payments. And mind you, none of us pull a paycheck. You know, none of us make any money on this. We all do it because we we love what we're doing and we're invested, you know. And so literally every penny that we get goes to the keeping this thing available for the kids. And our ultimate premise has always been that the kids will never pay. Like I never, ever want a kid to not have access to these resources because of money. Um, and so we're looking for 30 sponsors that would be willing to set up $60 a month reoccurring payments. At the end of the year, you'll get a tax uh, write-off in the mail. So you'll get to write it off because we are an official 501c3. It also keeps our kids' program free, and it gives our kids access to whatever they want to train, boxing, kickboxing, or jujitsu, strength and conditioning, access to the gym um, multiple days a week. Tutoring, they never ever have to pay for tutoring. They never have to pay for any of the mentorship or the outings or things that they go to. Um, and so that $60 a month, I know most of us go out and spend more than $60 a month at dinner or $60 at dinner. So, you know, it, we, we figured that 30 sponsors, $60 a month will keep our kids program free. And it also, any college level or young, hardworking adult in Bel Air Edison neighborhood that wants to come learn boxing or jujitsu or needs a strength and conditioning coach will be able to come and get one for free. Um, and somebody else will sponsor them if they can't afford it. Um, so we're really just trying to bring these resources to a neighborhood that needs it and, and has amazing people in it. Um, you also can get on our website and donate uh, just once, you know, if you guys want to throw a single donation up that would be greatly appreciated if you would like a, a tax write-off in the mail you can leave me a comment on there and we'll make sure that you get that um we will be relaunching our gofundme as well once we sign the lease we're using the lease signing as a uh, kind of a relaunch to our gofundme and uh i think the big thing for us now is we definitely need the financial support and we need the networking you know um that's why i was really excited to try and get on here and talk to you 
I know you talk to a, a huge pool of people that love doing good things. And, um, you know, we're really at a, at a point where we need we need somebody to step up and say, we're going to help support this program. You know, we've been banging on doors. We've been talking to people and uh, people's priorities are in other places or they're not interested necessarily in what we're doing. They're interested in putting their money in other things. And, and I respect that. And we're just at a place where we're getting ready to sign this paperwork. And we have no clue where this money is going to come from. But we do know that, like, these kids, they need this. And we got to try to make it happen for them. I love it, man. And I'll, I'll start pushing this all over my social media. I'll share some of these clips. I think it's a huge thing. You know, even, even my experience with just kids in general, my uh, shout out to Dylan Amarudin and my one of my best friends, Neil Amarudin. But his son was a very shy kid, very quiet kid. Started taking him down to Ray Longo, taking him down to Matt Serra's. And then I remember him telling me that the first altercation he had, I think he might've been like 14, 15 years old, but a couple of kids were like, give us your stuff. Like, give us your bike, give us your, your watch, your wallet, whatever. And he, he was like, no. And they were yeah. like, well, we're going to take it. And he was like, all right, you're going to have to. And they passed off and went, went and bothered somebody else. And it was like, that to me is the, is the thing. It's like learning, like that could have been, if he didn't know the discipline of that and have that, that respect and that confidence in himself, it probably would have been a fight and somebody would have gotten hurt. But because like, you know, like you said, the guys that just want to talk when they yeah. see somebody sit there and resist and they go, no, nope, you're going to have to work for this. It's like yeah. an alarm, you know, like I'd rather break into yeah. that house next door. So I think what you're doing on many levels, uh, I, I think it has a domino effect to helping out a lot of other things. And like you said, if you're in an area that's a hotbed for, for violence, it's going to simmer down that climate when you have people that yeah. are, are more level headed and stuff. So I think you're doing an awesome thing, man. I think you got a great program. I think you got a great head on your shoulders. I think you're, you're doing a great service for kids and for people in general. Um, you know, Henzo Gracie lineage, that's always going to be a great thing. I, yeah. I've actually, uh, I did some real estate teaching at, at your, uh, your university over there. And okay. uh, Mark, and I, I ate a few too many wings and I went, I, I trained in a few jujitsu schools around there too. I did yeah. some rolling with, uh, Ali Muhammad Ali over at the yeah, school over that. there. Yeah, I yeah. trained with him over there. And then I went and I trained over at uh, College Park MMA a little bit with the guy that runs the, the gym over there. But I'll definitely hit you up next time I go over there, man. I'd love to come okay. in and do some rolling, do some boxing. Yeah, man. I'd uh, I'd love to. Uh, I will keep you posted on grand opening. I'd love to have you. And uh, whenever you're in town, man, come teach a kid's class. 100%, man. I, I'd love to do that. And again, yeah. uh, anytime you're out in our side of it, man, definitely come. I think you'd love checking out mats and checking out henzo's the the uh yeah. the, the old blue basement out there in new york city so um Absolutely. what's next any other things we can do any final thoughts before we let you go yeah uh you know all we're hopefully i guess in the next coming weeks we're gonna have some big news for everybody with the with the signing of the lease we hope to get work started in there as soon as possible um and i will be keeping everybody up to date with uh i think we'll be doing weekly walkthroughs once the once the building starts so we can keep everybody kind of hyped up about it. Um, and I can kind of show you guys, we have a few videos that are getting ready to uh, get released. So um, you guys got to see the front of the building. I'm going to be releasing a video walkthrough uh, this week of our current gym and of our new space. So you guys will see how rough it looks in there. And then as time goes on, we'll get to see what we're working towards. Um, and so, yeah, man, that, that's really what we're working now. We'll be releasing the sponsorship ads and paperwork next week. And so I would definitely appreciate pushing that. And, uh, you know, anybody who wants to donate or sponsor or, you know, um, we're looking to try to throw a couple big fundraising events. And so if there's anybody out there that, you know, has some skin in the game with throwing fundraisers, we know nothing about it. And we 
would love to help and support. Awesome, man. hundred percent. I'll, I'll get this out ASAP. So it lines up with your timelines. Have you sure. tried reaching out to like zebra mats and Everlast and some of these places to try and get like pads and bags and gloves and geese and mats? Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm really excited. Uh, we've been talking with Fuji. Oh, cool. And we have a mock-up that I'll be, uh, I'll be putting up when I show you guys the new, um, the new space, but we have a mock-up we'll have, uh, we're looking to have 16 foot by 36 foot of mat space. Um, and so, you know, they've, uh, they've given us some discounts. Um, they've been pretty good to us. They've given us like a free 3d mock-up that's helped us kind of do some marketing. So people know what they're putting their money towards. Um, and, uh, but we're still looking at about $8,500 for mats. It's one of our biggest purchases. That and the boxing ring is the next biggest purchase. Yeah, and yeah. so um, we're really looking forward to having uh, those Fuji mats. And and any if really, I, we don't have those contacts. And so like I've, re I've reached out to Fuji and we've kind of been having those conversations through one of their awesome sales rep, uh, John Larson there who's uh, been great. He even personally donated to us because he loves what we're doing. Cool. Um, and uh, he knows we're struggling to raise this money. I'm always talking to him because that's going to be one of the first things we order. Uh, but, um, you know, anybody who knows somebody that I, we really don't have the contacts, you know, for the networking. So oftentimes when we send these emails into the only contact I can get is on the website. We, we don't hear back, you know, we've reached out, you know, we've sent letters out to some of these big companies and I would imagine they get bombarded with those type of letters. And so we've reached out. We just don't have the, the contacts to get us past that first, second layer to actually be able to sit down and show people what we're doing. And I, I, I truthfully believe that when people get to sit with us and see what we're doing, they'll see the value in it. I agree, man. And for people listening to this, I know I got friends that are sponsored by some of those different companies for jujitsu and for MMA and for boxing and kickboxing and stuff. So if anybody can connect, obviously in the show notes and stuff, I'll put all the links for you and for the gym. So if anybody's yeah. listening and they want to know how to link you up with any of those guys, just check the show notes for this episode and then they'll have direct contact to you. Yeah, absolutely. And um, they can feel free to uh, DM me on Instagram and I'll, I'll be happy to give anybody my number um, and they can call me. And uh, yeah, we're open to any and all support, man. I greatly appreciate it. Definitely, man. Well, this is a pleasure. I appreciate you being uh, patient with me with getting this going. I know wow. we both get a little busy, busy this month, but I love what you're doing, man. I'll definitely make a donation and I'll definitely put the word out. Uh, I'll shoot you all the links for this when it comes out next week. And um, hopefully we get something going and see you guys come come to fruition very soon. I appreciate you, man. I'll probably be out in New York and probably around Christmas time, man. I'll reach out to you and maybe we can link up and get some roll in it. Yeah, definitely, man. I'll shoot you a text message after this so we're connected. Awesome. Thank right, you man. so much. Man. Have a great day, man. Keep it going. You too, bro. Take it easy, brother.